Welcome everybody to episode 110 of the podcast. I am doing this podcast alone today. This is not because I could not get a guest. It was just something that I wanted to try for a long time. Because then this way I can have an agenda. I can talk about what I want to talk about. And then I can just be done. I don't need to like have any back and forth, which is usually the point and why. I love my podcast. I like to learn from people. But sometimes there's just stuff I want to talk about. Random stuff. And I feel like not everyone's always down to talk about the things I want to talk about. Because it's their episodes, their life. I want to learn about them. So I've, instead of like you know, siphoning the things I want to talk about into their episodes, I'd rather just be able to make my own. I've recorded one of these before, and it never saw the light of day. So if this doesn't make it out, I'll just be on the cutting room floor. But if you're seeing this, uh, you know, I liked it enough to where I wanted to put it out. If you think you can bear listening to me for about an hour, maybe a little less, then go for it. It's going to be a good little episode. I'm really excited about some of the things I want to talk about. But this might not be for everyone. But I do want to hear some feedback. Do you think this is something I should be doing? Do you think it's not? Uh, yeah. Um, let, me, let me just get into it. Some things I want to cover today. I'm going to go over some of the pleasantries of life. Some of the best things. Just little things. I'll get into it a little more. Uh, I also want to get into what it means to have an environment. And like have it tailored to your liking. And what the word environment means. And uh, how you can take that word and take the definition I give you. And maybe make a couple positive changes. I think that'd be pretty cool. I'm still working on it myself. And we'll see. I'm kind of working on like the theory as, I, as I'm going to be talking about it. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And uh, But first, I want to talk about a certain segment that Shane Gillis had on his Netflix special. And uh, it was the best. So Shane Gillis is a comedian, if you guys don't know. And in his most recent special, one of the one of the biggest and best quotes from the special has been, "Where you get that cheese, Danny? Where you get that cheese?" And uh, if you know what that is, then you're gonna be right along for the ride for this little segment. But if you don't, basically Shane Gillis' whole thing in part of this special, he had beautiful dogs on Netflix. Go check it out; super funny. Was that? special needs, specifically Down syndrome, people are, quote-unquote, the bros. And he's 100% right. And how do I know this? Not because I have Down syndrome people really in my life, um, you know, so I don't know all the difficulties and the complexities of it. I know it's probably a struggle and a half, just really can affect your life in a lot of ways. But let me tell you, something about being around Down syndrome people is like the best thing ever they're just so pleasant and like simple and fun and how do I know that well senior year of high school I was lucky enough privileged enough to with all my friends we sat with all the special needs kids and I know what you're thinking Dan maybe they put you there for a reason shut up let me tell you we just sat with these kids honestly for no reason don't know why they really even came over to us but they just were attracted to us maybe it's you know like fire finds fire type of thing but they sat with us and one of the kids had Down syndrome. This was uh, our buddy, Big Rye. Big Rye was the cutest guy. Let me tell you, nothing, I could cry right now because of how much he fires me up and just gets me elated, like overjoyed with happiness. It's just like, I, I'm smiling because it's just the most incredible person I've ever met. This little, this little guy. He was a 
sophomore at the time. I don't know how old he was, but pretty short, and he was a little, like, chubby, and he was super cute, super nice, super funny, and he couldn't really speak. At least I don't think he could speak. Um, but we'd teach him dance moves. We had all this fun with him, and it was so it was so incredible. And I remember I used to eat my, my cheese pizzas, and I'd put down the crust. I wasn't eating crust at the time. I don't know. I didn't. I hadn't grown up yet, I guess. And he'd take him, and he'd just, like, hold him to his forehead, the crust, or his or his armpit, and he'd just go, like... And he, he couldn't speak, but I knew he was saying, like, what do you think? Like, <laughs> he was... He was just the cutest guy. He was the best. I, I, I love Big Rye with all my heart. And I think everyone that sat at the table did. We just love this kid. And because he was so cool. Like, they're just so fun and simple. And this is what Shane Gills was saying. Is that how fun and how simple and how just great they were. And, uh, you know, it just reminds me of, a, of just a couple things. Like, this one time, I was playing... A basketball game my freshman year of high school and uh this is not necessarily down syndrome related but this is special needs related uh <laughs> i guess we had you know one of the one of those games against everett you know basketball you lose by you lose them by 50 last two minutes they let the special needs kids play always my favorite parts of basically anything is seeing the special needs kids score the down syndrome kid get a touchdown the kid with like a life-threatening illness, you know, they get to score a basket, you know, whatever, whatever can happen for these kids that like have these issues that like are either lifelong or life-threatening. Let's get them, let's, let's hype them up, let's have some fun. And so they put in one of these special needs kids on the Everett team. I was still in the game, I was one of our worst players, so I, they wanted to get me some burn at the end. So I'm in the game, special needs kid comes in, and he's dribbling around, he's kind of, he kind of like yaks up a shot, way off. I think I got the rebound. I don't remember the story, but one of us gave it back to the kid on the other team. You know, turnover, doesn't matter. Everyone wants this kid to score. It's the last minute we're down 50. Who cares? So I gave the ball to this kid. Kind of like, I don't want him to think I'm giving it to him. So I like, he kind of let him steal it. And he gets it, and he, and he takes another dribble, and he, and, he, and he is going to take another shot. And my friend Harrison just comes flying from the other side of the court to defend this kid. And he goes to take a jump. Harrison goes up to block this guy. I was, while Harrison was in the air. Yes, Harrison, I'm outing you with your name. When he was in the air going to block this special needs kid's jumper, I can't explain to you how, like, empty I felt on the inside. It's like, it was almost like an out-of-body experience, but I was still in my body. It was like, I felt like I wasn't in there, but my eyes were still working. It was... The most incredible thing I've ever seen while he was airborne going to bug shot. Second most incredible thing I've ever seen was the fact that this special needs kid pump faked him and <laughs> he went flying by him. And how by him I sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger there. He flies by him and like almost like looked at him. I was like, wow, special needs kids special needs kids got dripped right now. And then he puts him another jumper. Super brick. But it was just crazy. Going to block, going to block. The special needs kid is absolutely criminal behavior. That is one of the most criminal things I've ever seen. You know? But I've always been a huge fan of those events for, like, the special needs people. And for anybody that has any, you know, ailment or illness or anything. I just think, like, we need to hype. They need, they deserve the hype. Because, you know, like, the most fun times of my life were playing basketball or whatever. And then a lot of them are not going to get that opportunity. So let's, let's get, let them have some fun. 
In the same token, that's where something like the Special Olympics is so incredible. The Special Olympics is like the coolest thing. Now, I did have a younger cousin of mine. Uh, this was... I'm going to say the name again. Screw it. Hey, Catherine. Uh, my younger cousin, Catherine, wanted to volunteer. She's the sweetest person alive. Catherine's the sweetest person that's ever lived. She wanted to volunteer at the Special Olympics and help these kids out because she just is so pure and kind. So Catherine needs me to drive her to the Special Olympics. I think it was in like Needham or Natick or something like that, whatever. So I drive her there. We get there a little early. And she wants me to go in with her, obviously, you know, because, you know, the last thing you want to do is be the person that's, like, messing everything up at the, at the Special Olympics. You don't want to be, like, not knowing what you're doing, you know, you want to get in there, get told where to be, find the right people, you know, it's just the first time, so, first time in this facility, first time helping out in this way, first time doing all of this. And she doesn't really work with a lot of special needs kids, she doesn't really know the, you know, all the boundaries, so she needs to meet somebody and someone needs to help her to not get in the way. It's not about her, obviously. But I want to go in there with her, find some admin, get this all sort of situated, right? So we go in there, we're sitting there, we get there a little bit early, and a bus pulls up, you know? And then another bus pulls up. And then a couple more buses pull up. I ran out of sight, but there was at least two buses there. And uh, here they come, you know? Just funneling in. Just funneling in there, right? One by one. Different colored shirts, you know, they're seeing each other. And by that, yeah, they're all special needs. And there was the cutest thing ever. It was like, it was like, you know, because they're all in the little, like, they're all in like the little game fits. Like, some of them got the goggles. Some got, like, you know, the sports stuff on. It probably goes like, like a Halloween, you know. And uh, they're all dressed up in, like, the gear and stuff. It was super cute. And they're all giving each other hugs and, like, they're all ready to, you know, compete. Because this is, this is their Super Bowl. This is everything, you know. And so they're just finally in this place. Probably about 150 special needs kids that had walked by at this point. To the point where I grew numb of it. You know, when you see someone with special needs, like, you kind of, maybe not double take, like, I'm being rude, but, like, you recognize they're there. At this point, there was just special needs kids littered all over this place. It was the Special Olympics. Of course there was. And so, you know, I'm looking for some administration. I can't really find anybody that's all special needs kids. And then uh, my cousin Catherine uh, turned to me, and she kind of, like, tapped me, and she goes... I don't know. I. Do you think we're in the right place? And uh, I can't quite communicate to you the level of confusion that, you know, rifled through my body. But what I can tell you is what I said to her. And I go, yeah, let's get you a shirt. You got to compete. That was one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my entire life. You, If you're asked, there were special needs kids finally in all wearing athletic gear. And she had the audacity to then turn to me and go, are we in the right place? Like, yeah, we're in the right place. You know, we're in the right place. You see a bunch of inmates with chains around their hands and in orange jumpsuits and a bunch of cops around them. You're probably in a prison. You know, you just probably are. It's just probably where you are. You see a bunch of, you know, women in the tight skirts and the tutus and they're walking around like this and fucking spinning. You're probably seeing some ballerinas, you know. So if you're seeing a bunch of special needs kids dressed in athletic gear at an athletic event at the location that they sent you, let's just assume it's the Special Olympics. 
Let's just assume that. And uh, so, yeah, I told her she needs to participate next year because um, with comments like that, like with comments like that, you know, <laughs> you might need to participate. Let's just be honest. Let's just be real. All right. I'm moving on from this. I'm moving on to the next thing. Let's think about what some of the pleasantries in life are. Now, what do I mean by that? A pleasantry in life, a simple pleasantry. Pleasure? Pleasantry? Pleasantry. Pleasantry. A simple pleasantry in life consists of a couple things. It consists of something that really you can't force. If you can force a simple pleasantry, it's not the same. Something about like hearing it in your everyday life, something about seeing something in your everyday life, something about that adds to it. Like you can definitely like make sure that you're around some of these things, but you know, there's some things that are just like innate in life that are just like, oh, like you'd never go looking for it. That's what it is. You can force it, but you'd never do it. Cause why would you? It's the simple shit in life. Let me just start giving you some examples cause I'm talking out of my ass. I brought cards with me to explain this, which kind of debunks my whole forcing thing, but let me just show you. Something about this. Isn't that nice? You know, like, isn't that, ain't that nice, just, can you guys hear this? Can you hear me shuffling this deck? Maybe. How about one of those? Isn't that beautiful? You know, when you know, when especially when someone's, like, really good at shuffling cards, and they're just, like, really rifling them away, and, like, just firing them off. Something about that's beautiful. Something about that is just gorgeous. Another thing. Uh, when you, you know, this is now, this is the thing. They're not all related. That one's very like audible. That's an audible thing. It's like you hear that, you're like, whoa, you know, some other audible things. I guess when someone's writing, typing, when someone's typing, you're just like, mm. and this isn't just satisfying things, but you know, when it comes to auditory, like it kind of has to be another pleasantry in life. When you start a really good show, like when you know off episode one. This is going to be my new show. This is going to be an experience for me. And I couldn't be happier about this new show I'm starting. I recently started watching Peaky Blinders. I'm through five seasons now. I'm still waiting to get into the sixth season. But it's just one of those things. It's one of those things that you just can't really explain to anyone. Because then you just want to tell everyone to watch it. You looking up all the videos and like what these things mean. You become a huge fan of the actor now, and then like, it's just a whirlwind, and it's so exciting to, to start that whirlwind. You know, it's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful feeling. And if you need a show, Peaky Blinders is the one to start. By the way, if you have any shows that are like really good in that sense, give me a call, send it to me. I'd love to. I'd love to watch. I'd love to watch. Anyway. Put it in the comments. Put it in the comments what show it is. And then I'd love to watch it. Put DM me, whatever you need to do. Um, another thing that's a pleasantry in life. When you go to have cereal and there's the perfect amount for a bowl left of the cereal. and Because there's nothing worse than when you don't have enough. And you've already poured it and you're like, what the fuck? Or if you, take, you, open the, you pick up the box and you're like, who left a third of a bowl? Of life in here. Just top that thing off, dude. Whoa. Pause. But seriously, just top it off. If you're going to have 
a full bowl, just put whatever's left on top of it or throw it out because I don't want to pick up this box of Life cereal or CT Crunch, whatever your preferred cereal is, and have it only be a, like, you know, not even a third of a bowl left. What am I going to do? Put it in a fucking cup? Put some milk in it and give it to my cat? Like, no. I don't even have a cat. So how am I going to do that? And at the same point, to extend this pleasantry, if you have a bowl of ice, of ice cream, of life, of CT Crunch, of these things, perfect amount, and then you seem to have the perfect amount of milk too, stop it. Stop it right there. Man, you know, that's enough. Like, that's enough for me. I'd die happy in that moment. If I got into, if I went to cardiac arrest the minute after finding a, a perfect amount of cereal with the perfect amount of milk, I'd die so damn happy. It's not even fun. Like, I'd be so happy. And uh, it's just so good. It doesn't happen to me much because I feel like there's usually a ton of cereal in my house. And as soon as I pick something, I'm not, like, too upset because we have a lot of cereal. So I can just go to another option. There's always one and one A, one A and one B. So I am always feel like I'm pretty good. But anyway. Uh, another pleasantry in life. This is this is this is the best. This is the best thing about life in general. This is what I'm typically looking to get ninety nine percent of the time. A good belly laugh. Those moments where like you're with a friend and you're just like crying laughing. You can't even breathe. You can't even look at each other. As soon as like. The littlest things become hilarious. It's like once you hit that little stride of everything's funny, oh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's the best feeling. It's the best feeling. And um, I can't remember the last time I had a really good belly laugh. When was the last time I had a really, like, a hilarious string of moments probably like the last time I was like with all my boys honestly <laughs> like you're with all the crowd like someone does something stupid next thing you know like you're just crying laughing so when you say something super funny it's not even like jokes don't even get you there it's not jokes it's like reminiscing with a mix of like something dumb and then something unexpected needs to happen you know like you're at say you're at like a casino and then it reminds you of a memory and you're already having fun because you're at the casino and that's dumb and someone just lost 20 bucks. And it reminds you this time that someone lost a thousand. And then as you're telling that story, someone trips and like <laughs> stops their toe and starts like almost crying. That's like the coinciding set of events that needs to, cons- needs to conspire. Is that a word? Conspire? Prespire? That means to like sweat. That needs to happen in order for you to get these like huge laughs that like just never end with your friends. That's the, that is the best one. I should have saved it for last or said it first, but that's the best one by far. If you've had a recent belly laugh, put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. What are we doing? Um, and then this is the last one I have listed. And uh, this is when... This is a little bit of a niche one. I don't know if this exists in everybody. The other ones I was certain of. I don't know if this exists. But when you unlock a new piece of your city's map. And now... What do I mean? I mean... I was driving... At like the Fellsway West the other day. I have a cousin that just moved in. Like right off the rotary. Heading on to 93. That like rotary that you can get on and off of 93 at. Kind of near like St. Francis. If you're a Medford person you know what I'm talking about. But basically fresh off the highway. I was right off the highway in Medford. 
And uh, my cousin lives there, and I was, you know, so I stayed, but I needed to park somewhere. I parked kind of like in one of the side streets behind her house. And that's where my map gets a little foggy. I'm not there much, you know? So I didn't really know what was going on. I just parked and then walked over. Um, and then I needed to get out. When I needed to get out, there was I was in a one-way hellscape. I couldn't seem to find my way to where I wanted to get out, you know? So I'm driving around this little, like, this one-way labyrinth and I'm like what do, I, what do I do what do I and I finally was like you know what we're just gonna go down a place I don't know and I took the turn and I popped out into like the St. Francis area like near like I guess near like car park and Jim's market and to tie Fells Way West off the highway to, to the car park and Jim's market to tie that area together instead of having to go back through around to St. Francis just to get there was like the most blissful and incredible feeling ever. I just felt like I, you feel like you grow up. Like, oh, I just grew up a little bit. I just leveled up. It's like when you're playing like Elden Ring or something. I don't even, I didn't play Elden Ring. Why did I use that as an example? But it's like when you're playing a game and you rank up and like that, that like, you know, they change the number. You're like, I go from level 11 to 12 and your guy like, it's like this weird aura of green and like flashes and then he's like oh that felt good that's me as fuck when I unlock a new area of my, of my city's map and it's not when you're in a new city when you're in a new city everything's new you know so that's not who gives a fuck you're learning the whole time you know but something about learning something new about your city oh please whatever you've learned about your city put it in the comments put it in the comments uh anyway all right, that's it for the pleasantries of life. If you have any pleasantries, actually, like the other ones are jokes, but if you have any things that are like pleasantries of your life, put it in the comments. I'd like to see them. What are some things I missed? I'd like to know what's going on with that. Um, on to the last thing I want to talk about. Um, depending on what I cut out, this might be the second or third thing. If this is the second topic I, I, I'm talking about, that means I cut out a lot. Because <laughs> it got a little crazy in the beginning. But anyway... This is going to be my thought on the word environment. What does environment mean? What is your environment? Now, there's a there's so many definitions. I'm going to try to break it down a little bit. So, obviously, there's like the physical earth environment, you know? Plenty of that. And a lot of people talk about it and something we need to protect and everything. But that's not what I'm talking about. It's very important. Probably more important than what I'm going to talk about. But that's not what I'm going to talk about right now. And then I think people think of environment as like nurture versus nature, you know? It's like what your upbringing was like, what's your family like, you know, things like that. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that either because, you know, uh, why would I talk about the two most important things of environment? You know, why would I do that? I'm going to talk about your literal, like, environment, like what your daily life consists of physically, like the physical environment that you're building around yourself. That might include your family and your friends you know, physical presence in your life, but really um, the focus is just on the actual materials you have around you and how that impacts you. Because it does. Violently, I mean. So, say you're someone that wants to go to the gym. You know, and I've read some books on this. Not many. I've watched some videos. Not many. So I'm not an expert. But this is just what I've gathered from it. And I thought it was an interesting. I thought it was an interesting thought. But let's say you want to go to the gym, Right? And you're having a really hard time going to the gym. 
I like to think of things in very extreme examples, right? What would make you go to the gym if there was no issues? If you didn't have a job, you had all the money in the world, what would make you go to the gym? Whoa. If you had all the money in the world and you didn't have to worry about your job, and you didn't have to worry about anybody, and all you had to do was go to the gym, how, could, how would you do it? And I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, I'd build a gym in my house, right? Build one, an entire gym in your house. If you had all the money in the world, why not? And then you'd probably go every day. Or if you wanted to, you know, you probably, because it's right there, you could go every day. Or let's say you put your bed in the middle of a bunch of weights, you know? Like if you could put your bedroom in the middle of a weight room, you know? You'd probably go every day. This is crazy, but this is just the type of examples you need to think about sometimes. And then you need to just shrink it down, but work in that direction. So now what do I mean? Well, you obviously don't have any money because you're watching my podcast. There's no way... (laughs) My podcast is if it's, if you're if you have a lot of money and you watch my podcast, I'm probably doing something wrong, right? So you probably don't have a gym in your house. You might have a little like, workout set, but you want to go to the gym, right? Let's just say you want to go to the gym. You don't have that type of luxury, so you can't do that. But you can put the gym in your house, kinda the preparation for it. So let's say you want to go to the gym in the morning. First things first, you got to wake up in the morning. That's a whole nother thing you got to worry about. You know, the alarms, all that. But what you need to do is put your gym clothes, put your gym shoes, get your bag together and ready. Have a scheduled time out of your day to go to the gym. Know what workout you're going to do. Have everything ready. Have your environment made ready for you to go to the gym. If you park on the sidewalk, leaving your house... Let's say whatever way you need to have your car pointing in to go to the gym, point it that way. Park it that direction. It's the little things like that. This is from a book called Atomic Habits. This 1% change type of thing. If you change your life 1% over you know, the course of one day, you won't notice. Over the course of 50 years, you will. So if you make those little changes to your environment, things will change. And that's just one piece of your environment. That's if you want to go to the gym. Let's say you want to wake up in the mornings. Make sure that your the window, wherever the light comes in from your window, the strongest, put your face there. Put your bed there. Make sure the light's coming in. That's physical environment impacting the way you get up in the morning. Let's say you want to read more. Have a book on every counter. Have a book on every counter. You want to write more. Have a notebook everywhere. Have a, have have little pens all over the place. You want to litter your environment with the person you want to be. What would the what would a person that I want to be have around me? Maybe they'd have, you know, a wad of cash. Like I don't know what you want. But no matter what it is, you got to make sure it's littered across your environment. And that I think people understand. I'm not really reinventing the wheel. No one's reinventing the wheel when they say anything like this. And also, I literally learned this like the past few weeks. So I I this isn't my idea. What I have kind of expanded on it with is understanding the parts of my life that give me some stress and make me feel like a loser or failure. Those things are also part of my environment, like due to my environment. So what are those? That would be Xbox is a good example. I play a lot of Xbox. I love playing I love playing video games with my friends. I just I love it. I love it. But I want to play less. I want to play less. Problem is, my Xbox is in my room. 
It is in the room that I sleep in. The room I sleep in, the room I work when I work from home, and the room I play Xbox in are all the same room due to some factors, right? So my Xbox is always right in front of me. Always. No matter when, what, no matter what I'm doing with. If I'm at home, I am with my Xbox. And I don't think that I give myself enough credit or if, I, if, I'm more, if I'm understanding enough of myself about what that can do to you. If you're always around something, you're bound to use it. You're bound to touch it. You're bound to, you know, play with it. If you're always with your Xbox, it's a surprise I don't play it more. You know, let's say I play on like an every other night, maybe four out of the seven days a week I'm playing for a bunch of hours, like two to four hours, whatever, maybe more than that sometimes, some days, and then sometimes I go five days without playing, whatever. But I play a lot of Xbox, right? And uh, let's say that I'm in that room, you know, who knows how many hours, like 10 hours a day, if you're not even including sleep. With all that, it's like you're actually not doing that bad. You're pretty good at controlling yourself. It's not like you're playing all day long. It's not like you play while you work. I don't play while I do these other things. But it just being there puts it at like a base of like a 10% of my life it's going to take up just because it's around all the time. It's all I can do, you know? So a big a solution would easily be remove the Xbox from the room. If I put my Xbox in my room all the way upstairs, I'd be in a much better like place. I just would. And I think that applies to everything. It applies to stuff in your life too. I don't know what it is that you have issues with. But good example that I think everyone kind of understands is uh, TikTok. Everyone treats TikTok like it's alcohol, like it's this like crazy obsession, because guess what, it kind of is. Your phone, you're obsessed to your phone. Think about how much everyone uses their phone. Do you want to know why? Because it's always with them. It always needs to be with you. So you're going to use it all the time. You'll find a way to use it. It's just the way it is. TikTok is the worst of the things on your phone to keep you trapped. It literally just is like a hole. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. And some people are better with it than others. And sometimes you can you can fight it off a little bit, but then if you keep going on and off, it'll slowly eat its way in your life, and you'll just start scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And so you hear people that delete TikTok, you know? Like, some people never have had it, like, whatever. But you hear people that just delete it. They're like, I had to delete it off my phone. Because that's their environment, your, your phone's environment. What is on your phone? They delete their social media because that is part of their environment. That is them tailoring their environment. It's their digital environment. But it's still very much tangible. It's very real. It sucks away your time. It takes away your time, depending on how much you use it, you know? It's still good to scroll it once in a while. But, you know, if that's something you think is an issue, if you deleted the app, you know, you'd see just how much you want to log in. You know, there's so many times you pick up your phone and you put it back down, you're like, shit, I don't even have the app. Or you pick up your phone, you're like, I didn't even want to look at it. I didn't even care to look at it. I was just going to go open my phone to TikTok anyway. Probably lose my hour. It's just crazy. But if you can find a way to design your digital and physical environment, it's just super helpful. And in the same sense, now kind of getting a little bit into the nurture versus nature thing, um, I also think if you look into the eyes or into the soul, I guess, of all of your friends, the five people you keep closest to you, maybe seven if you want to, if you have a bigger family too and you're close with them, you will see yourself in those seven people. You know, the seven people closest to you, you will see yourself. So 
at the same rate as the environment you keep around you. You know, I keep a TV in my room. That's why I watch a lot of TV. I'm like, you know, it's YouTube, but still a lot of TV. I keep an Xbox around while playing a lot of Xbox. I keep notebooks around, so I'm always writing on my notebooks. I do a lot of writing. I keep, I have this little studio here, so I'm always out here recording, you know, when I get bored. Uh, but at the same rate, I have, say I have a friend like my friend Mike, for example. Hey, Mike, you go to the gym all the time. Like, if you weren't at the gym, you know, I probably wouldn't go as much. But all my friends go to the gym. Mike goes to the gym. My friend Mike Simone goes to the gym. My friend Ryan Caffrey goes to the gym. Alex Milos goes to the gym. My friend Don Malian. I'm naming all the boys right now. My friend Andrew goes to the gym. Uh, everyone. I've missed out some. Jake, whatever. Everyone. They all go to the gym. And I noticed I go to the gym now. And I always said, oh, high school, I'm never going to go to the gym. Never going to the gym. And now I go because all my friends go. And not because I'm, like, following them. You just kind of become your environment. This is what I'm trying to say. You don't consciously even want to do these things. You know? The things you really want to do are the things that you stretch out of your environment to go do, which is the crazy thing. But you, you know, you just need to design your life, your physical environment, your social environment, which is your friends and your family, and your digital environment. To the person that you'd want to be. You know. That's how you fix it. Say you want to be someone that's super focused. Very poignant. Someone that's very good with their time management. And someone that works out all the time. Still goes out and has fun with you know their friends. And takes their work very serious. Then guess what? That's what you need to design your life to look like. Have gym clothes ready for you at all times. Make sure you have reminders everywhere reminding you of, oh, I need to be here at this time to be here then. Make sure you have friends that are like socialites that like to go out and have fun and be with crowds because then they'll invite you and bring you out and, you can, and you'll become one of those people. You'll be out all the time and you can have fun with them. You are so definitely your environment that it's crazy. It's not helpless either. If anything, that makes me feel good because I know, yes, you are a victim to your environment, but your environment is also a victim to you. You're the one that's designing it. So you're the one that gets to kind of decide who you want to be and what that environment would look like to make you be that person. Something I'm still very much working on. Have made zero progress, but understanding the concept has given me some solace, I think, because I know there's room. There's always going to be room to be better. If I just tailor my environment a little bit better, um, then I'll slowly change in good ways and positive ways so i don't even know where that all came from i wonder if anyone's gonna find any interest in that little tangent i just went on about environment but hopefully some people think that that's interesting otherwise um i think i'm gonna wrap up here i think i'm gonna wrap up here uh this was great i had a great time you know been out here for about 45 to an hour ish and it's one in the morning and I've just had a great time sitting here talking to you guys. Hopefully some of you enjoyed. This is episode 110. As I said, we'll see if I do any more of these. Hopefully this does get to see the light of day. Unlike some of the other times I've tried something like this. Um, and yeah, comment what your thoughts are. Comment any pleasantries. Comment a new word you'd like for me to explore. I have so many of them. They're so fun. Um, but until next time, till episode 111, um, hope you guys all have a wonderful wonderful next few weeks christmas coming up thanksgiving coming up christmas black friday and the merchandise all coming out 
That's all within a month, you know? And I know the merchandise is what you're all most excited for. Fuck Christmas. Fuck Thanksgiving. It's all about Black Friday. It's all about the merch, baby. Episode 110 in the books. Thank you very much for watching.